0: to this week's or in fact this fortnight's madaxman.com podcast we've of course got the regular team of seven in um, possibly one of the sweatiest days of the year all dialing in by zoom for this week's chit chat we do the normal stuff there's a bit of painting there's a reason about the gaming honestly no one could be bothered with painting it is just too bloody hot and we've got new rules to play so we want to get out and gaming again there's also the welcome return of i'm sorry i think you're an ass as we look at the akmenid persians and in a feature which was completely accidental and unplanned but makes us feel almost like a proper podcast we discussed the next question when did you come out as a war gamer and how did it work at work so sit back pin back your ears and enjoy this week's podcast this means war Well, look, welcome to um, the sweatiest day of the year, which with, with seven wargamers staring at each other on a screen, all indoors, um, as we sit here on a, what is it, a Wednesday evening, I believe, and the temperature is now probably still pushing north of 25 or something, so it feels like in, in London. That's, that's great black t-shirt weather, isn't it? Those, um, those sweat stains, I can see them kind of leaking. <laughs> running. Although, Peter, you look like you're you're actually wearing a proper shirt, or possibly just the collar. I can only see your collar there. It's a little, yeah, bit, Harry a Hill, little bit Harry front. Hill.
1: You know, I just thought I'd get dressed up for this momentous occasion of um, you know, getting back to going war gaming. It's just uh, really makes you feel up for the games and everything Yeah,
0: else. no, that 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 turning up in a three piece suit is is like a real big thing, isn't it? Because No, it, um, it
1: get, gets you in the mind for it, you know. this sit, sitting back in t shirts and shorts and that, it just doesn't really make the dice roll well.
0: No, it it really works, you know. With the badger hair, it's just um, and 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 the Docklands bit behind you. You know, I'm I'm getting big, big kind of multinational Russian mafia villain look, vibes look, from you. I,
1: I am actually casual because I haven't got the cufflinks on today.
0: <laughs> well, look, you <laughs> know, maybe maybe no cufflinks. Well, you're missing, but...
1: Peter. Is
2: is is the bow tie not actually tied up, but uh, hanging down one side? Uh, yeah,
0: I think no,
1: that's in the pocket. Oh
0: okay. um, yeah. Not, Andy, you don't, don't want there. to be asking you don't want to be asking Peter about what's hanging down one side. That's not really the way that this works, I don't think. Um yeah, certainly not on very sweaty, a very sweaty, a very sweaty evening like this. Yes, one. I heard about that trip to Spain, yeah? Yes, indeed. Yes. So look, um, I was gonna say without further ado, but we've um we've kind of worked out that almost no one's done any painting really, um, because it's been so bloody hot, and we've actually been running out and playing games and taking advantage of of the ability to actually physically meet people face to face. So um, I guess. From a painting perspective, I, I suspect it's, well, no. Adam, you're you're unpacking some figures, which is kind of halfway there. Um, that's a little almost pseudo painting. Um, you're, and you're doing that quite furiously as we speak. Dare we interrupt you and ask what the hell they are? How, how have you um, come by some figures by magic?
3: My next door neighbour has got a son who's now about 15. And he said, oh, do you want a big box of toy soldiers? I went, yeah, all right then. Um, and well. though, you were
0: thinking what ethics or something like that? Was that what expected? well?
3: It's like I just said yes because I thought <laughs> it, it would be a surprise. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that his son at some point in the past was into Lord of the Rings, so I've got a big box of Lord of the Rings figures. Um, and there's a, there's a range of different ones, and they're not the best stuck together, but they're and some are broken, but there's loads in there that can be salvaged. So if I get around, around painting them, because if you remember in the first lockdown thing, I was talking about painting um some lord of the ring figures um that i'd had lying around episode,
0: you know episode 50 ago or something like that wasn't it um yeah um so
3: yeah no so and there are quite a lot of the bloody baskets actually which is which is nice so um
0: so would it have been a a set or you know was there a big set of those anybody remember i'm
3: guessing it was like the starter set yeah with some other stuff as well
0: yeah that was sort of when gw went a little bit off the rails wasn't it a um their their share price kind of tanked for a bit after they I think they paid too much money to to yeah they've still well
3: it um it, I think um the sales for Lord of the Rings really went well for a couple of years and then the film sort of like slipped mm. out of consciousness and it went down but I think that was the same time where Games Workshop decided that they weren't going to be a games company anymore but they're actually a manufacturing company so they put sort of like loads of stuff into sort of like making figures. Mm. But didn't really sell games, um, and okay. I think that's because recently they've sort of like got back into doing actual games and yeah. uh, and rules and stuff, and it's um, they're doing a lot better now for it, which is nice.
0: Okay, all right. So, do, what do you? Um, well, uh, there's two questions here. Then, what are you going to do with all these Lord of the Rings figures, and how do you feel that your neighbour has said? My 15-year-old son has now grown out of this. I've identified you as the person who will be interested in taking them off my hands. Well, it's the second question. I remember um, having
3: a conversation. It might have been when I was doing one of the rants where I said that um, I don't want wargaming to become popular. I quite like it being a bit weird and being one of the bit weird ones and sort of like the blokes I go down a pub with, kind of know I play toy soldiers and... I've mentioned it and they've shown absolutely no interest whatsoever because they're like proper normal people. Yeah, um, So they kind of know. So you went, oh, choice soldiers and that. It's like, yeah. yeah, Adam will probably have them. Um, so you
1: basically outed yourself?
3: Yeah, it's, um, again, it's like I have very little to talk about um, in, with my life in general. So um, I've, got, I've got to sort of like have some sort of like interest um, I, I must admit, like interesting a, like, about know,
0: when when I was when I was gainfully employed, I, there was kind of a time, and I suspect it was I'm trying to think whether it was when geekiness became more acceptable. You know, which was probably about seven to seven to ten years ago, that it became something that you could kind of admit, or it started becoming something, or it might have been that I just got more I important at work. time, the people,
4: the Big Bang and, Theory started being possibly
0: like, yeah oh, and that's still bloody going on isn't it yeah but do, do any of the rest of you remember a time when it started to feel acceptable to tell people what you do in in your private life well i, th- I think it's to do- i think
2: part of it's to do with the fact that we're now supposed to be all uh, inclusive and uh be nice to people around on the spectrum and probably people we deal with think oh he's probably somewhere on the spectrum which is why he does this stuff so let's pretend we let, let's not take against uh, for that Andy. Reason.
1: The only thing I've got a problem with on that is the use the word probably. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I just didn't want to tire everyone with the brush of being as weird as as most of us.
0: Uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think some, the, you know some, some, if you're looking at the be... listenership for this this podcast, you're oh, I'm fairly safe. Ground your record, yeah. I think we're pretty safe. So really, your theory, Andy, then is it became acceptable to admit that you were playing toy soldiers? <clears throat> when society started to realise that picking on people with mental health issues was just morally and, you know, mentally completely wrong.
2: Yeah. When, it, when, it, when that became uncool.
0: Okay. Uncool. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's it. I've always had no qualms
5: until when people are playing with toy soldiers, it's like, what of you, you know?
1: You, you... Yeah. But Simon, your follow-up is now let me tell you about IT. And they go, no, no, please tell me about toy soldiers yeah. instead. Or even better,
5: I can t- I can, um, I tell all the doors of being a vegetarian or uh, um, things like that and all of a sudden war gaming is the least weird thing so um
1: <laughs> yes. I, I like that you're sort of like trumpeting
5: yeah. by even worse you know it's funny you're telling that while i'm cooking the mistake just to really um make yeah. everyone think
0: a vegetarian what's going on, on with steak? that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yours was basically when the it crowd became widely known and people Started to have to force to be um, interacting with the IT guys in the basement, and you just, you know, you walked in with a big bucket of weirdness just inherently because of Richard Iowardi and then that Irish lad he married yeah. Dawn, Dawn Porter. Chris, no doubt, there he is.
4: Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah it's when you walk, walk into the office for the first time carrying a miniature box, right. and everyone just goes, What the hell are you carrying? Well, yeah. here's yeah. a box of soldiers.
1: I I still think it's fun when we do international competitions and we're going through the X-ray machine and they open it up and they'll go, "Oh, that's nice." And they call about five other people come along and actually have a look at it and start playing with it and they go, "That's pretty cool."
0: Yeah. Peter, Peter, there is a reason so that we let you go through of- first as well. <laughs> you know, you've not noticed that in 8 years. It's always well, It's, Pete, you go it's first. when
1: the super glue sets off the explosive sniffer as well. Yep. That's always the funniest yep. one which have <laughs> actually made my kids laugh a couple of times. <laughs>
2: So so to it's a question of that when did when did you come out as a wargamer?
0: Yes that's that's essentially what we're saying isn't it? Really. Dave have you have you admitted it you're a man with a new
6: job? I've never had any shame whatsoever in carrying toy soldiers into work. I've always shown them to people and it's never been an issue as far as I'm concerned. How
0: many jobs it's, have you had it's... in the last few years? Is it no. How many um, jobs? <laughs> 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 in the last 10 three different yeah. leading jobs. Oh that's all right then. That's not too bad. I
3: think it's also a lot better to say, "Here are my toy soldiers." If you carry them into work mm. and you show people, people go, "Yeah, yeah all right." Um, whereas if you just say you play with toy soldiers without having them on you, people yeah. think, "Oh, that's that's weird." What, yeah. I'll,
2: what I'll tell I tell you where you get respect I mean, from people when they say, uh, "You know, did you buy them painted?" And you say, "No, I painted them," and then they suddenly think you're a person of some talent in some respect. Yeah. So,
0: it Tamsin, is. you must be the most respected person amongst us
4: i used to say take, take figures into works paint during my lunch break so
0: ah, that's well, just a round of applause that's like <laughs> all in isn't it that's just that's put. just
6: one step beyond you know
0: all the cards that's on the just... table that's that's fantastic
6: one weirder is the is when you're in the office you say yeah i play games with toy soldiers and other people go, yeah, uh, my husband does that as well. And they, yeah. They're the ones who are coming out of the closet. Yeah, yes. And when you're talking to clients down the phone, go, yeah, actually, I'm spending uh, this weekend at Warfare in Reading. And well, somebody is with very me? high up in all goes, actually, my husband's going there. Yeah. To play fantasy, go, oh, but I, we play a proper game. We play historical games. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, part of it, is... though, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that, that historical hierarchy, isn't it? Of um, Yeah, we well, do have heart. someone do to remember? look down
4: on the snobbery
0: the uh, fantasy really. I years looked down on him to,
4: because Simon he plays fantasy science fiction gamers so <laughs> I don't know well, science fiction I remember fiction. years, with with, the, I remember years
3: ago going to Leeds and me we were booking into the hotel and the um, b b lady was sort of like oh what, what what are you doing in Leeds for the weekend and we said oh visiting friends and stuff and she said oh that's good because like some, some people they're going to that weird thing up at the university and we were like what weird things? She said, "Oh, there's some Star Trek convention on," yeah. and we were like, "Oh, no, no, not us. We're no. we're football and stuff lads." Yes. Yes, yes, yes,
0: but that was back yeah, in the day. Say- we, we have all moved on from that, haven't we really. I suppose that's the that is the great thing.
1: Well, with the with the Birmingham event, the um uh, it The one. Games, Games Expo. Expo. Yeah, um, I've actually bumped into people at work there because that's an absolute massive thing, because there's such a wide gambit. Hmm. You know, and the, the War Games bit is actually the smallest bit there. It's, it's hilarious going on, you know, yeah, seeing all the diverse... Those, those
2: Star Wars uh, kit, that costs a bloody fortune, that does. I mean, you, you know, you could get you could get quite a few ADLG armies for, for what you spend on on a, a, enough kit to play Star Wars game, I
0: think. No, I guess so. No, no, I, I think it, you know, maybe, yeah, it is, Tamsin, you said it was sort of around about when the... Um, Um, the the big bang theory was on and it became geek became cool all these superhero movies and although i I do still have a suspicion it might have coincided when i became like a bit more important at work and and i could tell people and if they reacted badly i could just fire them which just made it a lot easier (laughs) as well um uh, and everybody seems to think it's fantastically interesting after that um just after the first after the first couple got got pushed out of the third form
6: i seem to remember when i started wargaming seriously about 10 years ago you said to me you were rather concerned about being caught going through an airport with some sort of wargames trophy
0: oh I god that remember behind. that yes oh what Are a nightmare biased, yes that's true that was true god. yeah we got some gopping great trophy it's probably behind me somewhere up. the one in this you can actually see it on the camera yeah. it's that enormous one sort of up there the white
3: the white and plastic yeah. gold yeah. one oh i thought plastic. we left it in italy
0: because i I remember
3: sitting in this sort of like sitting in the bar and we're all looking at it going nah you're right you take it mate and i thought i thought we'd see what
0: um what year it was maybe it was italy but 2009 2009 so that's 13 12 13 years ago it
5: it was the year that i arrived in the uk when i um came i flew to london then came down to rome needed to get lost the luggage so it's yes. 24 degrees in the castle, and I'm wearing yeah. a, a winter suit from Australia. You were wearing
0: a winter suit from Australia, and I was your first opponent. You said, "I'm moving to London. Do you know anybody?" And I said, "Well, kind of. Yeah, it's <laughs> like here we go." And um,
5: you, I think you um, 25 zipped me in, in an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, but I think I think um, you you just weren't ready at the races. You would <laughs> never mind the clothing sort of thing. It was um, it was comedy Australian stuff. So yes, yeah, so I got that gopping great trophy for being. <laughs> in fact i am still european fog champion because yeah. they've never run that event again um so i'm the reigning european fog champion and um there was you that's glopping... not the
2: UEFA champions league trophy it looks a bit oh. like it
0: <laughs> yeah no that that's a uh, well it's i do live in london not manchester so you know it could be couldn't it um yeah. but i think it it was this gopping great trophy and then in the um in the airport lounge there was like somebody i knew from a previous job and we're kind of like yeah, I can't really avoid admitting why I'm here because I'm carrying this trophy that was about two foot long and um, would barely fit in hand luggage. So, yeah, I think that was when I was sort of forced to admit it.
6: But um, definitely, yeah, that was a nightmare story.
0: God,
1: and, yeah. and they
6: didn't wave a Union Jack out the front of the plane for you as you landed at Heathrow? No. Was a no. committee.
0: No, there wasn't a central London flag at that time. No, um, no. So we weren't, um, they didn't, we they weren't didn't, able they to get, they get had special had diplomatic them. treatment for it.
6: They didn't paint down the side of the flame. It's it, down the side of the flame. It, it smacks of incompetence. It smacks of incompetence, <laughs> yeah, down the end of the.
0: No, I think it would Not have been really the. something um, you
6: want on a plane,
1: Dave. You know, it's just, you know, it takes it one step too far.
0: That, that would have been the. <laughs> Not um, Ryanair. There was probably an Italian translation because because Mr. Van Toll, our Central London resident linguistics expert, translated our. Um, club motto of its max of incompetence into about 20 different languages so we went on an international tour with its max of incompetence in about 20 different languages down the back and um because he's like mr language isn't he he um when you reverse translated them they were all kind of local idiomized and i'm pretty sure one of them when you translated it back to english said you are surrounded by the stench of incompetence. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're permanently, permanently surrounded by the stench of incompetence, which is that, that, that's probably the better place than of war
6: it, competition at BrickCon, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, you know that's that's Ooh. another thing. I will um, I will tell you about my trip a bit a bit later on, but it sounds like we've um, we've digressed there, so it's probably time for music. Literacy. This means war. started talking about painting a long time ago so tamsin i think it's me and you are the only people other than um, adam stripping some figures has done some so what what if i painted are you two still figures on? andy you painted 2 i i'm not even sure we're going to count on that we're, we'll just no, go straight I'm, to looking I'm, at tamsin's, tamsin's There were not 10 mils um, so they
2: don't really count
0: two 10 mil figures in a fortnight I, that's more embarrassing than admitting you're a wargamer um so tamsin talk us through these uh please tell me you bought these trees not not homemade them
4: or what they are bought mean? trees they're cheap right. trees which for various bits i.e from ebay and amazon ah, I, are, are, these oregano? The, are
0: these the ones I started, from china
4: i tarted them, them up so cheap, yeah. cheap trees trees from china but i've done These are the work. palm
0: trees that you see the palm trees are they cake decorations or are they sold as trees for railways and
4: things uh People solve them as both. I okay. they get listed as both on eBay. Uh, right. okay. Have you put herbs on them? Not on these. Not, not on these. Yet.
6: Is that one hmm. of the Maldives Islands disappearing beneath the waves? It could yeah. be.
0: So how you yeah, know, because they're these trees are plastic, aren't they? I've certainly the palm tree ones. I've looked at them many yeah, times. For palm myself. Trees,
4: yeah, for plastic. I uh, so initially you get them and yeah, I had to clean up them up. Mold lines on the trunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I gave them a gave them a coat, a thin down coat of acrylic frame sealant, just to
0: ah, uh, your special ingredient for everything.
4: As yeah, uh, as, as a sort of, but I just give a little bit of texture, light, height, a little bites, yeah, hides residual mold lines and mm. also. So that is that like when you get. Is going. that when you
0: get airfix soldiers and you do them in a thin wash down coat of PVA? Is that the same
4: same principle? Same principle, yeah. Okay. Also and then, I, uh, it toughens it up and it provides a good surface for paint to yeah. find. The, the the fronds mm. were just hit with acrylic spray uh, acrylic spray paints.
0: So so PVA's you they, these things the come, paper. these things come in the leaves are plastic green but sort of a shiny cheap plastic. Yeah. And the trunks are shiny cheap plastic brown so yeah. you gave them a clear acrylic thing or um or did was, you then spray no, paint it brown, them
4: it was brown frame sealant oh okay brown frame sealant just thinned down a bit thanks i had brown frame sealant label yeah. the okay but then was so i was paint paint and dry brush on top to get various shirt so um,
0: this that we're looking at here then because we you know what we can see is the green fronds on top of the palm trees and then the brown trunks so you yeah. painted those brown trunks that's not just a dry brush on the original colour that's a
4: that's not just a whole... brush. that's <coughs>
0: mm, excuse me so the whole thing was sprayed green which we can see here and then you well, painted fr- the trunk fronds
4: were, I yeah I can't really see the ones you're saying now for for bottle bottle palms I think, mm, like yeah. Sago palms. I think. Okay, and yeah, so those are sort the of brown trunk bits, but but it's short trunks for those. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, that's interesting because I've looked exciting. I've looked at those and thought they are going to look cheap and plasticky, but then the idea of painting yeah, them a little bit of work me off. I mean, but you could but you could more. just
4: use a use plastic primer and then yeah. paint it paint paint dry brush over that yeah okay yeah. but and then these are the
0: other trees that i can see that you get these from are the china other
4: because that... jungle jungles aren't just palm trees yeah.
0: hmm.
4: uh, so these were also sort of cheap china yeah cheap cheap, cheap from china cheap yeah in china that and are these I, ones with I, I tarted up a bit tarted up a bit so went over sealed on the existing flock, then added a bit better flock of my own, and then okay. sprinkled with not a Gage Master scenic leaves.
0: Uh, right, so because the ones I got years ago, the in inverted commas flock that was on the branches was actually plastic. It was like really tiny oh, little plastic yeah, shavings, and with they were horrible.
4: Stuff, I, 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 You've I got ones seen, more I've flock. seen those, but I've been asked what Avoid yeah, I'd avoid them because I've it just got, falls off. They were all originally sort for, of, uh, course, coarse foam flock.
0: Right. Okay, that's better then. And then you've added more and and leaves and other things, but you have yeah. sprayed it to fix it.
4: Yeah, they're amazing. Uh, sort of. So sealed so sealed everything in. So it's quite. They're quite quite solid. Nothing's coming off.
6: Mm. They're absolutely amazing.
0: They're really much, but yeah. yeah for, and I've
4: also uh, been making clump foliage
0: oh brilliant i knew there'd be something completely insane because yeah. we were just like thinking you bought chinese stuff and you've just given it a dry brush but no you've made your I own clump that foliage. looks this like
1: you've been
4: growing certain uh herbal yeah. plant yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah how have you been making it yeah should you be admitting this on a podcast
4: <laughs> i have been making my own clump foliage yeah right so how do you do that um rip up foam sponges I so you could rip off the foam from kitchen scourers or Mm -hmm. or you know car wash the big car washing sponges yeah just cut that up into chunks put it through a blender with some water
0: oh sorry sorry (laughs) sorry time out time out out, out. no 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 you're not getting past that you put it in a blender yeah
4: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah right okay Um, then you, you you live I, on your own, don't you? Break, it, break it down in smaller bits, then add some sort of paint paint and PV paint and a bit of PVA. In the blender. No, do that separately. <laughs> <That'd> be <crazy. laughs> what,
0: don't be crazy. Don't be crazy. If
4: it's your kitchen, your home blender and you and you have other people that rely that use it. With,
0: Maybe
4: not. Do not put paint in the blender. No. Is it your bedside you blender out, are we going, right, back going, the the of, <laughs> going back into the world of victory
0: we're going back into world of victory you have a, a kitchen blender and a bedside blender yeah that's like their airbrush right okay
4: yeah so, wow. Wow. so i can't remember so, seeing that, this on that this big man. bag there
0: mm-hmm.
4: is from two car car washing sponges yeah. mm-hmm. so <laughs> wow so that's about 66p add on about a quid yeah. for paint and glue yep yeah. yeah. those three sure. bags by the side which were which in combined are about a quarter of that, the amount yeah. mm-hmm. cost six quid
0: six quid so so you got uh, yeah. 24 quids worth of of stuff for about one pound sixty that's yeah. all it costs you yeah. but yeah. how many trees do you need just gonna well,
1: this is going to
4: replace the this is this is not just going to be for yeah, trees. It's going to be. I this is sort of the bigger clump stuff. It's going to be for sort of underbrush, under scrub yeah. I'm,
0: I'm just thinking, you know, okay, I can see the, the one pound 20 cost versus the 24 pound cost, but but the idea of me using a blender to um to chop up car sponges, I think that would end up costing me quite a lot more than that yeah. uh, in, in, in <laughs> lost limbs and
4: physical yeah. <laughs> I all by an eight or injuries. You're going to be doing a lot of lot of it, yeah. buy a blender for 18, I oh, think 15, quid. I saw in George at home.
0: Now, Tamsin, did you, you research that? See, Brilliant.
5: Research and testing on the blender, because I know you did this with some of your paint mixers and yep. other things. So, was there like a selection criteria on which blender, like a size, volume, uh, longevity, power, and all that? I think there uh, should be a huge. Let's go, for yeah. cheap. <laughs> go for something,
4: go for something as oh, cheap as possible with decent amount of power with a reasonable amount of power so it's to cut through through the phone without yeah. it burning out
0: that, dave, dave so, i am you're, you're so right my youtube channel i'm just thinking i've not yeah. put anything on it for ages
4: a, gonna have a, a mock,
0: a, a mock test of blenders with a comedy voiceover. <laughs> yeah, so I think this blender enough. may be the best one for creating mid-European foliage from the fifth century to the ninth century. It could be, it could be the new thing. It could be better than already, my F thirty-five video. Uh, the, Tim, if you if you if
2: you, if you had a, one of these brown coats and you could do the Kenny Everett Reg Prentice uh,
6: character voice.
2: I'm not the guy used to DIY. And was always going. Was it?
4: Just... I was it a fast show today? I am mostly going to oh, be. Yeah. <laughs> today
0: I'm mostly <laughs> be blending,
4: <laughs> blending
0: sponges. Um, fine. Um,
4: yeah. Well, and I started on on some test bases for the jungle scenery. So, so early stages. Just added sort of herb mix to all. Mm. no no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just did you put yeah. for the blender did you have to blend the herb mix no I did not have you
0: to use a pestle and mortar that. for that Andy come on you must know you, you're you're calling us from a kitchen you've got all the equipment around you yeah so
6: is yeah. that Italian mixed herb or French mixed
4: herbs I can't remember to be honest. <laughs>
0: well look i'm just grateful you didn't make a conscious decision between the two depending on the theater of war which you're yeah. trying to simulate to be honest based on, on where we're
4: at yeah. wow. I, it was it was a big bag of mixed herbs and also added i think it was about a jar jar of thyme and a jar <laughs> of rosemary to it
0: oh it's good well you know sniff scratch and sniff terrain no, i think it's the future no,
4: tarragon tarragon and rosemary not no, no, no. No, if, if some, like, uh, yeah yeah time would have been ridiculous like
1: middle east does that mean you have to start using like uh tumac and stuff of like that yeah.
6: yeah no my flat smells of like moving. that's
0: another story oh <laughs> okay yeah that's a different podcast though dave i suspect yeah. really um right. okay so Tamsit, so you you've done a week of um of herbal terrain blending then which um I no. think I think lots of Adam, playing
4: with I, playing with lots of colours of green paint.
0: Yeah, it's true. I think, Adam, that that kind of puts you in the shade, I'm afraid. I'm um, just being given some stuff, but
4: well, I wasn't
0: really listening
3: to that because I was busy sort of like sorting through my toys and all I had. At you, the can end was to was it, you can listen to doing it at the end, ending, which just,
6: yeah, yeah I, I think Tamsin yeah, wins that. Yeah, no, that's Adam easily winning. will be blending a special Mirkwood Elven Forest this week. On-
0: Dave I don't want to know anything about your elven murkwood forest I, it's, it's it's a part of you I never want to discover but um but I I, d- I just feel quite of woefully inadequate to say that I've actually been painting some 15 mil figures in the last fortnight I've got um I've got some little um Zeistan Egyptian marines um that I got a load more of they they seem to have developed different shields from the last lot I bought about 7 years ago so they're slightly different they're all mixed in but it's weird when It's weird when you blend them in, but when you're (laughs) trying to paint stuff up that matches stuff that you did a long time ago, it's just like that weird thing that can I, have I still got the same colors? Am I going to get this just right? Or can I do this? Can I remember Uh, what color I used? Can I remember what color I used? And then um, was it at that era at which I was just dunking everything in army paint to strong tone? So it doesn't really matter because all the colors get washed out. Or was it post that? And I actually have to do some work, so so I think they have just about blended pretty properly, but but I need to get um, I've still not tested any with the matte varnish um, and and done that, but and then I've just been um, doing a lot more of of Clive sorting out type stuff um, going through the collection. I I've now as we speak, I've got fifty two different things on eBay um, because
4: mm. oh, you know, try, yeah.
0: trying to um, trying to work through the concept of getting the big armies which are coherent that can be sold to people we know and, and all the rest of it and then the theory was to pass the other stuff that people at the club didn't want onto one of the you know the traders the heinz figures or whatever but i i rang up the guy at heinz and um not heinz the beans place hinders and um and he said that he's not really interested in taking the flames of war stuff because you know he, he picks up a lot of collections of people who passed away and he's just picked up um more than three and a quarter tons of World War II 15 mil from someone. Um, which sounds like quite a lot. And he said, um he uh, knows that's it's just more showing th- off. He said wow. he knows it's more than three and a quarter tons because he hired a bloke in a van to go collect it from from you know this late guy's house. And the van bloke rang him up and said, My van's overloaded in. Um and it's a three and a quarter ton van. So somebody has passed away, sadly, with three and a quarter tons of flames of war stuff which meant, was it um, painted um I, i'm i'm guessing so you know maybe maybe that means a few hundred weight was um paint or something and there maybe they were the metal originals rather than the resin mid, mid-range or the plastic ones could be anything but quite you, quite
2: you ought to t- you ought to tell um uh clive's family about that might feel the be- might make them feel better about the amount of stuff that clive actually left behind
0: Yes, no, I, I will do, and then um, and I I got into shed two as well, which was Yay. which was exciting, and um, and started making a, a bit of a dent on that. But it's um yeah, it's it's been an interesting project um on on that it's front. Been, you know, you're
5: talking about three quarters of a ton of World yeah. War II stuff. Mm. Do you think the person who had that collection they're trying to recreate World War Two one to one scale in uh, fifteen mil?
0: It, i I, I just imagine they never used it they they absolutely never used it it's um it it just the more i look at it it, the more it it convinces me to keep my own collection very well organized and um and start to sell it at some point as well so there's not quite so much of it left um which is kind of nuts but but yeah so i think that that starts to um unless andy you can you know you can feel 10 15 minutes talking to us about these three 10 mil figures that you painted mm. any any interest in it or no really it's no a bit of a bish bosh no fine um well we'll do a, a terrible disservice to 10 mil then and um we will skip on to our, our next section which is um coming up shortly this means war Okay, then. well, look, um, having, having done the painting and um, a discussion about admitting that you're a wargamer and coming out and all that kind of stuff, um, that's, that's looking at the past and that's looking at some of the more colourful armies in, in history um, as well, um, which is a dreadfully half-hearted segue to say that it must be time, after a few weeks of missing, for an episode of I'm Sorry, I Think You're an Arse. up next on Malaxman Radio it's I'm Sorry I Think You're an Arse, the antidote to informed discussion shows. At the piano this week is Scott Joplin and your chairman is Sir Humphrey (laughs) Humphreyson. Hello and welcome everybody to this week's edition of I'm Sorry I Think You're an Arse. You join us this week from the Edmund Ironside Grandview Concert Hall in the rural market town of Old Sodbury in Gloucestershire. Located here in the heart of England, visitors who climb to the top of a nearby hill are greeted with a view covering seven different counties, and on a clear day it is said you can sometimes even catch a sight of Birmingham off in the distance, despite the many prominent warning signs advising against this. So, this week on, I'm sorry I think you're an ass, I'm in the chair and um, partly this is some of the stuff that I've been going through. And trying to find and trying to cobble together some of the eclectic different batches of soldiers from from Clive's collection. And there keeps cropping up all sorts of people who who could be or might be or maybe or could be some sort of Persians. And just because I keep coming across odd units and I've still yet to find a coherent army to kind of collect them all into, it's got me thinking just just how bloody irritating the Aminid At- Persian army. Is as just an entire concept, and whether it's just a waste of complete everybody's time to even have the Achaemenid Persians in the wargaming canon. Because if you think the Achaemenid Persians, it was a massive empire, um, 500 BC to 329 BC, which which so so Middle East, Asia Minor, Thrace, it went into the Black Sea, it was into yeah. Afghanistan, India. Iran an enormous theater of operation they fought the Greeks they must have fought the Indians they must have fought the Babylonians everything and In every set of war games rules ever this huge biggest empire the world's ever seen covers all the rest of it Has two lists an early and a late doesn't even get a middle Nothing nothing changes and the two lists are Other than the spara type people are dressed slightly differently and they've got apples in one of them The two lists are pretty much the same anyway So suddenly you've got this enormous empire that only gets two lists a bit hopeless. And what is this empire famous for? Why does it deserve a place in history? Its greatest, most famous things are it failed to invade Greece by land. It failed to invade Greece by sea. It lost three battles in about a fortnight to Alexander the Great, the first person who actually tried to invade them. And then they ran away like a dog and killed their own empire. Or emperor, and you're like, that's not really the mark of a massive army that everybody should want to build and and recreate. Why does anybody want to create this, you know, 200 years of anonymity and utter failure? Their most famous tactic stand behind a garden fence that you brought along with you for the purpose. And this standing behind a garden fence tactic what kind of idiots were they fighting when they were expanding the empire? Because we're going to stand behind a garden fence and shoot you appears to have allowed them to crush. You know, the whole of Asia Minor into India, and up the Black Sea, all that sort of stuff. Oh, they've turned up with a fence. We'd better give up. And then this great tactic that's expanded their huge empire, the Greeks turn up and go, well, should we just run at them and punch them in the face with a stick? And that's it. And it's over. Bosh. The whole empire winning tactic is just completely finished. And, um, you know, you look at it, you think that was always going to be rubbish. It was a wicker fence. They didn't even concrete in the posts in between them. They didn't even stick any posts in. It was just freestanding. It was always going to go down. Elementary mistake. Anybody who's got a back garden will know that you've got a concrete in the posts if you want it to survive. And, um, you know, the army, army composition of your classic Akhmannid Persian armies, this huge empire it's famous for dragging in all these amazing, fantastic, colourful troops from around it. There's the Persians themselves, the Medes, the Indians, the Arachosians, the Bactrians, there's Guardsmen, Scythians, Syrians, Medians, Mesopotamians, Parthians, purians Hyrcanians, Caucasians, Albanians, Cappadocians, Armenians. Right. And what are they? They're Median cavalry with crap bows and their infantry with crap bows, and they're all wearing pyjamas. Every single country they conquered, everybody they put together basically provided them with Two troop types. You know, if you're really going out, you know, on a limb, you might have a bit of a bloke with a javelin just for shits and giggles, but it's just Bowman in a floppy hat, all of these different nations. What a waste. They've got an empire that reaches all the way to India. They've got relations with India, they probably dominate parts of it. They can pick up any troops that they want. What do they come back with? We look at that list, we'll have the mediocre cavalry and we'll have the Bowman, please you're going for god's sake bloody elephants possibly the chariots as well but take the bloody elephants and um all the persian armies throughout this history their best troops are always that you end up having to have mercenary hoplites which is basically greeks fighting in a style of warfare that was already history by the time alexander came to it and the persians are going oh they've already lost to alexander we'll have a load of them that'll be fantastic would be the core of our army they're not great we've got the biggest empire in the world we can pick from anyone in the world we'll hire somebody who's actually invading us right now see if we got set them in that and then um, you know i suppose there are the few toys cyrus you know the, the the country and western singing emperor um he gets all sorts of things but you know he gets the towers he gets the whatever they are the camels disguised as malarkey um such brilliant ideas that in 2500 years of subsequent military history no one ever copied them ever. Why do you design an ancient troop type, which can only realistically be used on a concrete paved road? That's just bloody nonsense, isn't it? And camels disguised as elephants. What what was he thinking? It's like every set of rules ever written has the same minus one for elephants and camels. It makes no bloody difference if you disguise camels as elephants, or you just put them there as camels. It still gives a minus one to opposing horsemen. You know. Was he just hoping that someone would come out with a set of rules that included the line, these factors are cumulative? It was like, just nonsense, because just for that one troop type, would give him minus two. And, um, and the whole core of the army, other than those, was the immortals, of which there was always a thousand. So who is going to sign up for a unit that is fundamentally based on the implicit assumption that they will suffer casualties every battle individual soldier has no no value it's just the unit that counts if you die we'll replace you and we'll pretend that you were never here it's like how do you get recruiting people into that that's not the message you want to sound and um you know you look at it thermopylae greatest battle well let's pick a road into greece that's so narrow it can be blocked by 300 blokes take a week to try and find a detour and you win the battle and you end up not being as famous as the people who lost. What? What a hapless empire, Granicus. I'll get me cavalry to defend a riverbank. Come on, Issus. I'll stick new mercenaries in the middle of the army. Okay, they're the same nationality as the people we're fighting, and not really as good. But that's going to work really well. Galgamela. Nobody even knows. You know, that's just famous for running away. It's just complete bloody nonsense. And then this army of nonsense bowmen and nonsense people beyond the fence. Gets replaced by the Parthians, who have learned how to turn all the crap cover into good ones. And they cause trouble for Rome for hundreds of years with a totally different type of army. Super heavy, cataphracts, light horse archers. They can take on the Roman legions, the biggest emperor in the w- empire in the world, the toughest, best army ever seen. They can go toe-to-toe to them for ages. And that's the Parthians sitting in the same thing. And then the Parthians get replaced by another empire that springs up in exactly the same place and it takes the best bit of the Parthians it takes the cataphracts takes the horse archery and it picks the crappiest bits of the Persian army hopeless spearmen with sticks and some poor quality bowmen and they go well we've picked a bit of the Parthians they fought Rome we got all their good stuff we picked the shit bit of the Persian empire let's call ourselves the Persians again then what nonsense is that why didn't they call themselves the Sanid Parthians Why don't they model themselves on the winners in this history rather than the losers? So all in all, you know, and this is even before we got to the fact that no one can actually spell Achaemenid because there's too many A's and E's and they're all in the wrong order. And it's a bloody nonsense word. So we've got an empire that should have the pick of the best troops in the world, but manages to pick crap ones. It's got unmitigated history of defeat. There's no backstory about how it actually came to um, to conquer this huge empire that's never told in the history books it's just all about how they get punched in the face by the Greeks how they get punched in the face by Alexander how they then turn on their own leader and punch him in the face and then get punched in the face by the Parthians it's just utter nonsense they're great military innovations were never copied by anybody and were completely insane there's not even a middle army Um, there's only early and late so I think for all those reasons my theory is the adminids just a bloody waste of time, despite how nice the and figures are, all unusable, nobody should ever really be using it. And that, I rest my case. Tim? Yes? Do you have an Ackerman of the Persian Army? Well, I've got bits and bobs, but they're probably used for something else. Well, yes, I do. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, yeah, okay. no, I can't really go with that one very Tim, much. But, I, I, but I'm looking you, at it, I, thinking I it's like, going to be rubbish.
6: I
1: zoned you out from the start. You shot yourself in the foot. They're very pretty, dip. Yeah. Sorry, You're an arse. You, you're in. You're just in point. on that one. They look pretty,
0: and they there are pretty it. armies that are good, though, aren't they? And have got some sort of historical record of being good. But it's just the Persians seem to put all their um their effort into kind of the sartorial aspect of combat. And, and nothing into the actual fighting bit
1: but it's, it's the sort of army where you can rock up and you go if i win anything it's going to be good but it's the it's the crazy it's the crazy dog one where you're turning up with like um you know in ADL well, you're, you're turning up, up in, with like with bog standard units.
0: bowman you're turning up with bog standard bowman that's what you're turning up with that's the meat and, and two vegetables no,
1: but you can have a right old mix of stuff but they're no, all you're just bowman, so Peter. Were you not listening Kim, the, re- the reason they
2: didn't pick elephants is because the elephants would have squashed the fences.
0: Yes, yeah, the fences would yeah, yeah, have, have, have I the elephants out. Having wicker fences. That's
4: better off with a nice shrubbery.
0: Oh. Yeah, Having wicker I fences, and shrubbery. elephants,
2: you, you know, no, the elephants would have eaten the shrubbery. Um, And the other thing is, Alex. Yeah, Tamsin also.
0: You can't now put shrubbery into every army just because you've got your own blender. That's not going to happen. The Tony Knights have got the shrubbery.
2: It's a Teutonic Sh- night, Scottish robbery. But took- there's another thing, Tim, about the, uh, disguising the elef- the camels as elephants, right? Because Cyrus knew from the ADLG rules that elephants cause panic on camels, not the other way around. So if he turned up with things looking like elephants, the enemy's camels would be panicked. Otherwise, they wouldn't be. I'm, I'm, so I, I think... You, 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 che- you check the factors on the
6: QRS. Oh, right, OK. Elephants, uh, trump, camels.
0: I'll, I'll probably ask someone on the internet.
6: Say, on a purely pronunciation basis, the Achaemenid Empire is now called the Achaemenid Empire. The what? Achaemenid? It's no longer the Achaemenid Empire, it's now the Achaemenid Empire.
3: You're talking out of your Uranus, mate. It's
6: bloody true! <laughs> I was listening to In Our Time and they cut going on about the Achaemenid Empire. I was like, what the effing hell is that?
0: Well, I, I think that's building up, you know, in favour of me because now, you know, it, it's two and a half thousand years ago, and people not only can't spell it, but they can't pronounce it. What's the point in that one? Unmitigated, you know, history of defeat. Can't even spell itself or pronounce itself. Nonsense, really.
2: Much well, better no, off without I'm, I'm it. I
0: am query about the on, on
2: the, the history of defeat. I mean, after after they won at Thermopylae, they went and set fire to Athens and burnt the Acropolis. I mean, that's not the sign of defeat. No, but then they went home, didn't they? You know, I'm not I seeing just, a big
1: philosophical space
6: they beat the Uh-oh. Egyptians. That's bad press. That's all. They beat the Egyptians.
0: Yeah. yeah, but the Egyptians were a load of bowmen with like towels on their heads. Yeah, that's true. And so, bowmen with towels on their heads and a fence are going to beat bowmen. That's just the way it works, isn't it? So, so Tim, with the um, with the sort of
3: like the Mopolite Greece thing, hmm. when the Persians turned up, went into Greece, burnt down Athens, went home again. Have yeah. you read in the Greek books where the Greeks were saying, "Yeah, we won."
0: Well, the Greeks are kind of, you know, I'm not seeing that there's a great continuation of, um, of Persian history in the um, Peloponnese, is there really? They didn't put down any roots. They just went in and went, went home. know.
6: around. Yeah, they didn't want it. Want it. It's, it's but, lovely but, though, isn't it? Thanks, that, buddy.
0: The salads are great and stuff and the grilled meat's stuck lovely. They
6: around until Plataea, didn't they? And when the Spartans and everybody else got together and kicked them out? Yeah. They're, they're, what his name is.
0: that's a minor detail Dave if you're saying there's some actual history to say that they did actually occupy it for a long time but they were still beaten in the end weren't they?
6: Well I'd actually go further and say in historical terms it's the transition period between the biblical era of uh, warfare into the Greek Hellenistic form of warfare and the interesting fact is the Persians basically showed up in lots and lots of troops and said give up and everybody did give up and say they showed up and said give us um sultans uh, whatever and everybody surrendered so they weren't actually used to actually fighting anybody until the greeks actually said no no we'll actually have a fight actually instead so my my theory about the fence is actually true colorful uniforms basically is what you're telling me so it was a bit sort of like you know biblical warfare was just show up with lots of people and everybody sort of surrenders and then all these greeks turn around and go no we'll have a punch-up instead
0: so you're saying it's a perfect army if you are playing a very specific type of war game that that basically whoever turns up with the most figures wins the game
6: exactly and you don't
0: actually roll any dice or anything
6: unless you go to scythia and then you lose
0: oh (laughs) okay just because that's where the competitions are they start playing then so but again i'm still saying that's an army that is designed not to fight then which sort of feels like you're you're agreeing with me but
6: or is that scythia or scythia
0: Uh... (laughs) scythia yeah, Skythia. Yeah. Skythia. Skythia. Well,
6: All right. The or the Chimerians or whatever.
0: Yes, the Chimareans. Well, look with um with time cracking on. I think I will, yeah. I will sit here in the centre of the screen and and go around and ask you for the um, you know, do you support the proposition or 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 do you have the um the different buttock based view? So um, let's start with Mr. Finkel. What's your two or three word response to the proposition that many Persians should be wiped out from wargaming history? I'm sorry, I think you're an artist okay Tamsin what about you
4: I'm sorry I think you're an arse so you've got to have somebody for the Greeks to beat up
0: yes but that's you, you just want to put some shrubbery in there instead of the fence don't you um Saunders what about you and your funny pronunciation arse arse Ray Mayer arse Adam um on the one hand I kind of agree with you because for
3: but doing war games for decades I keep thinking oh I should do in that Achaemenid Persian army and then I just think oh, I can't be asked." which um kind of okay. sort of like back to that point but on the other hand everything you've said just sounds like sort of like cultural snobbery and sort of like because it's not sort of like western and you can't be bothered to research it properly I mean you're not going to do it so
0: but isn't that cultural snobbery a fundamental part of you know war gaming that's just an implicit assumption kind of in everything ball. we do, pretty much. Well, it no, it's, it depends. I think the Persians suffer from it? Because the
3: Chinese used to.
0: I you, aren't you list- the man who is, as we speak, painting up some Perry Longbowmen.
3: Well, some Swiss spiky Swiss things, yeah.
0: Okay, Swiss pikeman and Perry Longbowman. There we go then. Yeah, okay. So, okay. So, I, I sorry, I shouldn't interrupt. Tell me what you think. Um. So it's, it's a tough one because it's like I've, I've never been.
3: Uh, yeah. No, I'll, I'll actually go with you. It's sort of like it looks pretty if you can be bothered but you've got to paint yeah. thousands of bastards and they're quite difficult and hard to paint so i'll go with you on this one actually i'm sorry i think you're not an arse okay and peter
0: finally for you
1: i think you're an arse they're a pretty army and i'm gonna actually build one out just to beat you with it just to prove the point you
0: well, know i'll, I'll bring just, my just persian army about just to about roll see... over
1: you with a lot of crappy mixed sword bow you I'll, know? I'll
0: bring my persian army out and we can see who's just got the most troops We but well, without persian, just go down the persian the armies you know, Fine. lots
1: of filth flowing robes and no naked flames nearby because they all go up in a puff of smoke.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, look, that's a, um, that's a, a surprisingly close 5 1 defeat. And, um, and on that basis, I think it's time to definitely move on. Well, as the Barkerese sentence construction of time hits the English language of destiny, I see that that's all we've got time for on this week's episode. So we'll see you next week on I'm Sorry, I Think You're An Arse look, with um, with, this, with the sound of small villages in England receding quickly into the distance, let's have a, um, a run round and see in the last couple of weeks, as we've not been doing no painting, we've been doing some gaming to um, to mostly, I guess, give these new ADLG rules a, a bit of a run out. And if we kind of do a bit of a round robin and say, what games have you done and, and what kind of stuff, the particular focus on what kind of stuff have you picked up, smelt, felt, learnt? about the rules um, uh, in the last couple of weeks. So, I don't know, Andy, um, starting with you, I'm, I'm guessing there's some Dave Rage action, but um, have you started playing in V4 yet? Oh yes, we did. Um,
2: we've done two games in V4. The last one was Palmyrans against uh, Romans. So I couldn't have any Roman troops in my Palmyran army, which made it a bit challenging. And to make it even more challenging, I had one allied general and one subordinate uh, unreliable general and I rolled one for both of them on the first turn so the game went from let's try and win the game to can I avoid losing it in seven turns which was an interesting dynamic um, I didn't quite succeed but it took him to seven turns to take me down but the thing I learned was that um, I was trying to send catafacts forward to smack his line but there was a bit of terrain on the side and I felt that if I didn't hold that terrain or cover it I'd get hit in the flank by people Beating up my cataphracts, and because my guys went um, hesitant, I couldn't get anyone to move forward to cover the terrain. So that meant that I couldn't send the cataphracts in until late in the game, and by then things had gone a bit pear shaped. Once they went in, they were seriously dangerous, and I think cataphracts now fighting frontally are horribly dangerous to most things in the game.
6: Okay, telling everybody this for weeks.
0: Okay. So, um, so, Dave, have you been just throwing cataphracts at people then, if you're saying I that for
6: weeks? I'm refusing to use cataphracts. Um, oh, they're well, too that's good for you already. Since you had I two was, of them. What, you had two I mean, of them the other Apart night. from when you played me. Well, yeah, I've two in a Roman army. I think that's quite um, quite responsible cataphract use, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, but but, that's but that's deploying them in the field isn't. They weren't elite, they were just ordinary. So you're, mm-hmm. you're saying you're not addicted, you're just testing the waters? Well, I'm not using Tibetans and I'm not using Parthians and I'm not using um, Palmyrans and yeah. I'm not using uh, etc. No, I, I've actually lost track of how many games. I'm actually sitting here with a pen thinking, <laughs> how many games have I played in the last yeah. two weeks? So I think it may be eight games. Wow,
0: oh my god, has that been down at the club then?
6: No, no, well, oh. I played a couple of oh. four yeah. at the club, I think. Mm. I went to Mike Bennett's house, very nice in Rotherhide. Yeah. He had a very nice cottage pie, even though he's on a low carb diet. <laughs> uh, we played, we played, but we, we played, I played um with the Byzantines, the Maricium Byzantines, with a half and half, the half lance, the half bow. And we immediately forgot that they were actually shooting at one level below. Oh, forgetting the rules is such an easy yeah, yeah, thing to really do, good. isn't it? So it it really, really is. slaughtered, heavily outnumbered. I think I had twenty-one against twenty-seven Arab conquest medium cavalry impact, mm-hmm. and totally blew them away. Oh wow! Yeah. So what? What was it that gave? You know, was
0: it? Did your um, <laughs> magical bolt shooters do any good? Or um.
6: No, not not in the, the Mariccan Byzantine. I oh, guess. sorry, not in the American. okay. No, no, but uh, my Romans, or uh, well, should have beaten his Sassanid, his, his um, five Sassanid heavy cavalry bow evaded, and I immediately threw a six to his one and hit them up the uh, jacks. Oh. Yeah, that yeah. finishes that quite quickly then, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, but didn't quite manage to win that game. Uh, lost to Gordon using Ottomans against feudal Polish. Noodle, Polish, wow! How
0: how are the Ottomans? Because that's a, a bow. Oh no, that was a bow sword army before, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, yeah, that was three Janissaries. Uh, I, I used the stupid. I, I used was it Andy? Shit, no, Andy. I remember somebody down in the West Country. I used his nonsense commands with the artillery, a levy, a mediocre bow, mm. a light horse, and a light foot, an <laughs> unreliable general, all behind fortifications.
0: Proper Ottoman <laughs> stuff, then.
6: Yeah. Uh, and then everything else was elite in the army. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. We, we we learned a few tricks and trades there as well. So
0: what were they, mate? That's what we're trying to find out. Not just, I learned some tricks, <laughs> let's move on. You've got to cough them up on
6: this podcast. I'm not telling you that. That's, that's oh. crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, One thing
2: I learned playing against Dave, you've got to check that he applies the rules correctly. So Because he thought that cataphracts and fields could move. What? They can't. No. You can move, they thought they could move at a speed of two, and they can't be done at a speed of one.
6: Right. So, yeah. Well, I was shifting one and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I, I destroyed Andy's Thracians with my late Romans. That was quite you did, yeah. But I took 20 out of 23 off your army. Yeah, I mean, that was that was surprising. I thought it was going quite well. And then I think I played Stan. I played Stan with Medieval. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was interesting again. That's the old... Um, Medieval Spanish, my favourite, blah, blah, blah. So it, so how, it, have
0: you found, um, you know, the light horse was the other big kind of change. Have you started to use them or have you started to design armies to, I, to mitigate them, their I existence? I've
6: just got used to the zone of control and it's no big deal. Yeah. It, it make, I actually think it makes the game more interesting. It's, mm. um, it belongs a bit in a little bit, but it's, it's quite good. Oh, the thing, this is a good one we discovered. This is on yeah. Monday night at the club. If you're fighting someone frontally yeah. and that troop, the guys you're fighting get hit by your pike in the flank yeah, in the field or even on a... I uh, see, yes. Yeah, yeah. The pike are not... Uh, so don't get a minus for the disorder, yeah. Plus the flank. Yeah. They, they can be fighting on top of a frigging mountain and they don't yeah. have any factor, uh, you know, for yeah. the flank. Still
0: They still count as three. They still count as full fat. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess otherwise it would get hideously complicated, wouldn't it? About what you count and what you don't.
6: True, but I I do find that mm, suddenly pike are actually better than the mountains than they were fighting in their own. Yeah,
0: but if they're if they're there as an extra spare unit to hit someone in the flank in terrain which they can't really move in.
5: Yes. Yeah. Also, if the pike is higher up on the hill, it just Mm -hmm. has to poke the sticks down a little bit, and they can do some damage. They don't have to do much.
0: It could be like the Israeli tanks in the Golan Heights being able to depress their guns and the T-62s not being able to, you know, point up and get them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the secret. Well, that,
6: that was an interesting discovery. We, we mm. all that, yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Well, what that's I'm not clear about is if you've got cavalry charging into the flank of people, do they get, they don't get degraded for terrain. So if you've got cavalry charging through a field or something, they, they start off at a factor of one rather than minus one. They
0: fight
6: They fight at full
0: factor. Yeah, just normal factor, normal, normal base factor no that's an oh, that's interesting right. catch get impact? no they don't get impact no they don't get impact they don't get any right. of the bonuses at all well just not impact. if
2: you're fighting as melee support no but no. so basically okay. as long as you can get the buggers in there and they can yeah, just get
0: something good to do it better than crappy yeah. bowmen yeah yeah okay this all right. means war Um, i don't think who else is going around the table peter what about you have you managed to squeeze in any games at all over the last couple of weeks or you've been
1: uh... yeah i had a couple of games against uh, dave ellen um we okay. had a Parthian civil war um quite amusing um mm-hmm. dave um uh, it showed me in great detail about how you actually wrap up the line in the first game which i then <laughs> applied back to him um but um yeah, it's uh, with the new rules with ADL G4, once you actually start getting into someone and getting into the side, um, it can really be messy. I mean, the we were going back and forth because I'm still, you know, getting my feet back under the table and getting used to the rules again after not playing for a while.
0: Properly, yeah. And
1: it, we, we actually found that the, the new rule set is really good in the pictures for explaining stuff. So there's yeah. less wiggle room, uh, nice and clear, you know, we already know the intent. It's just hmm. reminding us because we've, you know, played, you know, in Europe a few yeah. times and played with Irving himself as well. But you know, I actually found it very useful because it was like, oh well, there it is. You know, whatever the reason it is, there for it's just yeah. here's the thing. Here's the the one exception. Let's uh, just crack on with it. And yeah. I, I thought that was great. I, I really mm. enjoyed that. I enjoyed it more when I won the second game, of course. Yes. But you know, that's that's by the way. Yeah.
0: So, what if um, but, they were identical armies? What was there anything from the new rules that particularly came into play in the way that that game played out?
1: Um, I used a flying wing to a better extent, so it's
0: a flying I wing
1: think, that's yeah. different from a dark Death Star. Um, <laughs> no, I basically, um, you know, getting the um, medium cavalry because there's a lot less heavy cavalry impact, mode. So having some cavalry and using the light cavalry to do the pinning and things like that, um, you can use them to a much better extent now. Um, And it's it's definitely more rewarding to have better, um, so you can go two ways at the moment, either a really, really large army and not worry as much and just go forward, Mm-hmm. Or you up your command pips, and then you can actually have a bit more mixed troop types and take advantage yeah. of the differences. The differences actually make a little bit more of a an edge, especially you know going back to getting around the edge and getting around to uh, then close out the line, because um, that's when you can really start making some damage.
0: I suppose that's good if you know you're seeing that a, a big army is one way to go, or high command also has its own value because i think yeah. it, i think we'd said before kind of high command had sort of got a bit lost people had worked out how to do things with you know three competence or two competence in ordinary and stuff like that but having high command making a big difference is kind of an interesting an interesting development
1: yeah especially if you've got a decent command a few light troops uh light, light horse you can really start pinning down the enemy and um, provided you can use it in an interesting way um, next thing you know, you've pinned down one of their commands. You can use your good troops to sort of punch through and start rolling up. Mm. Um, it, you can really start racking up the points very quickly, whereas before you could actually slow them down uh, and drag it out a bit more, especially with mm. the you know a whole line of um, sort of um, impetuous, um, you know, crappy foot, whatever, you know, yeah. so the, you know the, the usual stuff. Um, you know, some mediocre, heavy infantry sort of thing. It just takes ages to wear it down. Now, the fact that you can get in at the edge and then you can have the impact going at the side, it really Mm -hmm. makes the difference. Plus, you actually want something that has got the additional points to actually do it when you get to the edge. Yeah. So you're not just trying to just get there with some light infantry for the yeah. overlap or whatever. So it, okay. it um, reinforces that you want something coming around. So I can something see solid. using more medium horse, mediocre medium horse coming in as a sort of actual reserve, which when you think about it is more um realistically more how they would do it actually be used.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know I noticed know okay. something interesting
0: hmm.
2: in in my um in what my game began Dave, which is that now, if you pursue into the flank of somebody who's fighting to the front, that actually causes them to drop, which it didn't in version three. Mm. And that helps to um
1: speed
0: things you know. up as well.
6: Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think mentioned the pictures in the rules. I think they're particularly good at explaining the issue over Kinks' lines.
0: Yeah. Yes, true. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that does that does come out quite clearly. You've got to be um sort of special kind of person not to understand how clear that is haven't you um which is which is nice to see um so um simon what about you have you managed to fit in any games of of renaissance or t'other one (laughs) have you managed to fit in any games of, of renaissance or um or ancients over the last couple of weeks
5: not uh not over the last couple of weeks um what i've been trying to do is really update Renaissance to be in line with version four of the rules. So that's been yeah. um, quite a bit of fun. You'd think mm. for effectively what is a supplement of 28 pages, how yeah. hard should it be? Mm. There's been some, As you were saying, there's a lot of nice subtleties in the way V4 has been streamlined it flows. Mm. Just going back to you know, how he's written that and just the minor tweaks and changes in need to... Um, to bring renaissance into um compatibility with it it's yeah. been quite fun so
0: has that um, helped you sort of spot what the the changes are in ancients in a strange way or, or what are the yeah. significant ones
5: it's been really good also to help read the rules clearly hmm. and then understand what they're saying to then you know um get your head around it
0: yeah yeah because i think we were talking about this on um on on whatsapp kind of during the week that some of the the kind you know seeing new players kind of struggle with how the rules work version four seems to be pulling in a huge number of, of new people um it's just looking at the structure of the rules it's just so different to darker world yeah. and you know it or maybe it's i don't know if it's anglo-centric or i don't know if it's just hervey or, or whatever but it's that whole thing about the way the rules are actually structured is Here's a list of general principles for the rules about movement or fighting or whatever. Then here is a list of possible things that can happen on table that are a bit weird um, and then here is a list of um, effectively exceptions to the general rules that apply in those weird situations yeah and and it's just it, it means you end up it's not um, internally linguistically consistent but it's like here's what normally happens. But if this happens something different happens yeah and that's just what it is it's not trying to create an overarching theory of everything it's going this and exception as long as you can cover off pretty much all the exceptions it actually works really well as a structure because there's no there's no argument it doesn't matter if something's not consistent um with some big theory of everything because you can just go right when this happens this happens bosh sort it yeah. out that's just fact <laughs>
5: you can see some of the rules, so there's a, there's a, there is the occasional rule that doesn't make historical sense or yeah. is a little bit weird. Mm. Uh, like say, so like, you know, the idea of conforming. So if yeah. you're halfway into terrain and mm. someone hits you, if you're, say, a cavalry and the guy you hit is medium infantry in a bit mm. of terrain, you don't conform into the bad terrain because it affects yeah. you. Yeah. So the logic is in the... The active player has to conform, Mm. so it is a bit weird. Then the medium foot player gets pulled out. Mm. It's a bit of a clunky rule rather than historically accurate. But rather than having ten different rules and paragraphs, comment and premises, it basically says the active player must conform. There you go. So rather than a whole series of paragraphs, just Mm. one simple line. Nine times out of ten, it's really good. Every now and then yeah. you're going to get stuck. Yeah. You're going quickly. And yeah. I, th- worries, I think
0: what, what I've seen, right. certainly certainly online, is there are people who are used to playing these sort of theory of everything rules who keep going, but why? And, and the answer is, well, Hervé said so.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it's kind of that, you know, you get into this kind of loop of, but there's got to be a why. It should all fit together intellectually. It's like, no. no. In this situation, this is what happens. This is what the bloke said. That's it's a game. Thing.
1: Yeah, it's, like,
0: yeah.
2: it's an abstraction, Enjoy it's it. all an abstraction anyway. Yeah, yeah. no matter how
6: much yeah. you think I, of... I also think Hervé is really good at coming to people and asking them, saying, What do you think? Yeah, and taking it back. And I remember when we were in Rome, you know, we it was Sunday, we were all pretty knackered, mm-hmm. we all sat around the table having lunch, and all the English players. And Hervé made a point of coming over, sitting down with us on his own, saying, What do you think in the rules needs to be improved? Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there going, well, Legionaries get a bit of a hard one mm. bite. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, it's fantastic to know that he sat there and mm. to that. Yeah. And, you know, giving the rear support that big change, yeah. which has made Legionaries work a little bit better. Yep.
5: And, and also he, the, they can move
6: faster in the field. That he, alone he, will make life a lot more
4: fun
5: mm. for foot players.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, maybe that maybe that, that brings the, us on the, to um, uh, bikes, some of my games. Cool. Bit oh, about
4: heavy 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 foot yep. moving faster. I that's a certainly a benefit I historically the Swiss pipe blocks off the one forward mm. at a very fast rate.
0: Yeah. True. No, they did get Whereas, uh, quite quickly.
4: it yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. quite two inch
5: two, yeah.
4: two UD moves. Yeah,
5: because Fogar got around that. So in Fog Renaissance, the, the way they approached the Swiss they made Swiss what they called determined foot. So, they mm-hmm. moved at medium foot speed. They fought as heavy foot. So, it didn't allow you to get the Swiss tactic of we're all mm-hmm. in a pike, you know, a kill formation, we'll bring the fight to you. But the idea now, as you said, Tenzin, heavy foot can pretty much, you know, with a decent commander, six UD wide, well, show up the table, game. I'll bring the fight to you. It just means you can get into it to a national game, or as we discussed in a couple of other, um, when we've looked at a couple of games. Once the battle has broken apart a bit and yet the lines have all broken apart, there's a chance then of heavy infantry chasing after things or at least advancing towards baggage. Yeah. Where we all know that once the main line of your battle is broken apart, sometimes it's not even viable to go to the baggage because it's just yeah. going to take you forever. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I must admit, my, my game, one of my two games in the last couple of weeks, I played, um, I drove up to to dave allen's i had to deliver some some stuff to him and um we played a game in his garden um he makes a very good pizza actually you should um if you do go you should encourage him to fire up his pizza oven but that's that's pretty niche i don't think that too many of our listenership are going to be um be interested in that but um, and i used he was using his i think it's parthian or whatever army he's taking for for this first competition coming up in um in a few weeks time hopefully Parthians, yeah I've played and, Parthians. Last week. and um and i put a I think it was Ptolemaic army um, down against him, uh, with eight pikemen in the central command in two kind of blocks. And oh my god, they move like grease lightning. Um, you know, I think he chose to defend in to get step terrain or something. So suddenly I was like, here's eight pikemen, and he was like, oh my god, what do you do about that? <laughs> and it just gave so much extra time on on the rest of flanks to really hurl that that down someone's throat and just really take the initiative. And um, and then i also had to, um, in fact no the, the other weird thing about that so i had a boot full of um stuff of clives that i'm kind of putting on ebay and i'm you know mood selling to people and delivering to people and on the way back down from rugby i stopped at um not toddington um what for gap services the classic motorway service station of you know it was i think it was yeah, the very probably. first motorway service station possibly um in britain and as i parked up um some bloke came up to me and went Oi, um, mate, I've got these. Um, I've got these televisions. Um, are you interested? And I was like, but oh, God, it's not 1973, mate. It's like God, nobody's done that in 30 years. It, it just people approaching you in motorway service stations, offering to sell you knockoff tellies and ties and things like that. And then I kind of went, oh, actually. Do you want to buy a couple of dozen Thracian Peltas in 15 That's mil? Sure. And, and he looked at me, gone out and fucked off. It was amazing. So well, I know you just haven't an looked
1: dodgy enough more recently because you'd normally need work here or something.
0: Yeah, possibly that was it. But to be approached by someone in a motorway service station offering dodgy knockoff telly, you're just going, that that stopped a long time ago, a long, long time ago. Um, you, you, but, you're just feeling
1: annoyed that you feel out of the age group that he was going to be offering something more recreational.
0: Yes, that could probably be right. Yeah, you know, yeah, a no. bit like
1: Thompson's, uh tree flocking. You know,
0: yes, a bit wow. of tree flocking um, or something like that. But a bit of but a bit of base text, different herbal herbal mixes. This means war. This means war. And then, um, then I had a game online against. Um, uh, paolo from from italy who is kind of looking seriously at adlg having been a an mm player and um you know, he he's kind of you know he's a very very good player but he's getting to grips to it. and he made an interesting comment that i i thought about and then thought about differently he said oh there doesn't seem to be in the battle reports that there are much use of reserves in adlg um and i was thinking about it and going well i think there's two two things to that if you keep a cavalry unit or something as reserve in DBM or DBMM terms, because we've only got 20 units as opposed to 70, that's sort of the same as having a block of three, isn't it? Because there's there's one third as many and it can still do something. But there is that fundamental thing about ADLG that, or maybe about um, DBM and MM and, and those sorts of games, that one of the clever tactics was to keep a mobile force that looked like a reserve but it was actually you kept your best strike troops until your opponent had committed themselves and then you drove them really quickly to the weak point of their line to get the best possible matchups and attack them there so that mobile thing it wasn't actually a reserve in historical terms um it was it was a game thing it was like the Rygate patrician roman army that used to throw out a cloud of skirmish you didn't do the same thing in fog you throw out a cloud of skirmishes ping 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 away at the other army and then drive your heavy cavalry to one part of the line and that's looking a bit weak and punch through and it's a great game tactic but but that's just not actually the same as reserves and it was just thinking how how we all rationalize game things to try and pretend they're historical when actually um that was something that that talking about i was just thinking no that when we all used to do that that was actually a game thing and we convinced ourselves it was reserves which was was intriguing was, um
6: uh, definitely got some place now i mean to give away my list for your yeah yeah i've got um a couple. well a couple of medium foot um swordsmen mediocre at four points and they yeah. just sit behind the line and if you drive in your cataphracts to fight yeah. against Thracian swordsmen swordsmen. You chase up with the medium swordsman to protect their flank, and that operates as a reserve. That's really
0: yeah. good. I think you know, in a game that's only going to last seven, six or seven oh, turns, there's a limited opportunity to to move a reserve up anyway. But in ATLG, it's much more important to have a a, a plan it's... that you execute rigorously. Yeah, you can't really? wait for the opponent to commit themselves and then decide your own deployment and plan. Mm. It just doesn't I, work. I
1: think it's going to be interesting when people are doing, because Dave and I, uh, Dave Allen and I were trying, trying a couple of things. When you do that line wrap, it, you know it's so tempting to start diving in with a pursuit as Tasman was saying and everything else, that having that reserve would actually put that threat down and actually make them almost like stutter, so it gives them a the chance for yours to get round. Mm. So if they don't have it, then you can then exploit that. So it's almost like that rock, paper, scissors thing. I'm just... I don't know. I'm looking forward to yeah. playing a couple of things and trying out a few ideas, but it, it just puts a another little d- dynamic, doesn't make it as quite as linear.
0: Yeah, but you, you would now there's probably more case to have a reserve because flank attacks yeah. are structurally more effective. So you need yeah. to do more to stop them. You can't and just let them.
3: There's different concepts of a reserve. There's like yeah. the army reserve, which is what you were talking about, is you've got your strike force at the back, that's reserve. Yeah do a bit of playing, and then you drive your reserve somewhere. Yeah. But just local reserves, of having one or two units mm. behind yeah. your main battle force to cover a gap or to cover the flank is probably a useful thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Something that I do do. So, yeah, is that, there's is not that an army-wide army reserve, reserve. But is that yeah, army reserve, reserve, reserve that reserve, yeah. waits,
0: waits until the opponent's committed and then chooses where it's going to go? Is that even a an valid ancients thing? or is Probably for a... some.
4: For Genghis, probably was. Yeah. yeah. I, for the Egyptians...
0: I think they they usually but wouldn't. Wouldn't they've gone like side to side like that with the you know, <laughs> with the, <laughs> the walking are, thing? They long. can only go left to right. They can go forwards and things. Exactly.
6: Um, or they
0: or that left the, to right? Yeah, or, or we're talking about the bangles soon if we're not careful.
3: And um, to be I, fair, with ADO, like when I said for Genghis, it probably is, and for some hmm. sort of armies, it probably can do that. Yeah. yeah, it's like Genghis can sit back with three or four of his best cavalry and um, sort of like, pull
0: the enemy but apart. I, I'm not sure because I I. Team. I wonder if with ADLG because of the you know the table size and how quickly the opponent mm-hmm. gets across the table um you you have to have decided where you're going to start you could you know you can move them from A to B but you've got to have started doing that in turn one you can't wait until turn three to see where they're going to go
3: yeah um, I think with some artists like Genghis is as a strategist with some yeah. heavy cavalry you can sort of like go a third turn so, um, I think, especially if defending in the step, I think yeah. you can sort of like put your skirmishes out, yeah. see what the enemy does, and then react to it, which yeah. for some armies I think is reasonable. Yeah. yeah.
6: I, I think there's a place, I mean, if you've got high command value mm. and you put down a micro command of three or four units, and then that, you, and you, you, if you deploy slightly back across the table and put enough light horse or light foot in front, you can turn around and spin a command from one side of the table to the other side of the table and entirely change your command. Hmm. I, I think, as Tim was saying earlier, it's going to be really interesting about uh, some armies are going to be really large. You it's could large. do it. It's just almost like running out of time, though,
1: Dave. I, I, I totally agree you can yeah. do it. It's just I like to win. So I could do it, but then am I going yeah. to get enough points? And, enough and I think we're, you know, I think we're arguing...
0: Threat tiny degrees here you know i think adam you're saying you can see where, where the army's going and then you do it but i think my my point would be you've kind of got to have looked at their deployment and make that decision whereas in in dbm you could wait a couple yeah. of turns but this yeah. you've got to go that's their deployment i'm going to start moving these buggers over here otherwise they will have pushed you off table um mm-hmm. very, very, particularly with the new three three moves so it's a slightly different it's the same thing but you've just got to do it sooner and faster and harder really
6: that's the Byzantine trick you put down a micro of yeah one general included ordinary who's really good a couple of lesser heavy cavalry and a light horse you stick them a third away across the table somebody puts down a load of troops against them and then they, your that command just turns around runs straight around the other side of the table to reinforce another part and I also suppose it's a game that's designed to last two, two
3: and a half hours rather than three and a half, four. So everything's going to be over yes. that much quicker, anyway. That
0: much quicker. Got yeah. Be, uh, you I just got to, be do- it's got to be in there doing it. Good.
6: Okay. If, I could pinch Tim's trick here and say, well, that keys us up completely for a discussion next week of the Riding Riders for York. Brilliant. Well,
0: Dave, I think that teases up perfectly next week for a discussion of the runners and riders for York. Let's come back to that in a couple of weeks. Brilliant. This is great. Soon, soon I won't even need to turn up for this one. This would be grand. Um, so yes, on that note, I think um we can we can wrap up the gaming section for sure.
3: Oh, we don't get to talk about mine then.
0: Okay. No, I'm sure oh, yours was interesting, Adam. But look, you know, if you want to force your way in and just cog the limelight, well, well, tell us one tell one. us what happened, Adam. Did you win? Is that why you want to talk about it?
3: Well, that, that's... Well, we'll take that as a given. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. But I ju- on on the <laughs> on, on slightly more sort of, like, interesting side, um, mm. I used um, Dashions Against Romans. Right. And so I used, I used the sort of, like, massive medium-foot sword, mm. um, which is now an even bigger mass because they're so much cheaper. Yeah. And that style of army is going to... I think it's going to be interesting to play without being hugely successful because... Mm the whole like what that army can do is fight wider than everybody else more or less mm. so you do get to push past flanks and sort of like see if you can go into people's flanks and then do what peter was talking about but definitely enough that sometimes people are just going to go straight through your middle mm. um, and your media are going to evaporate so um this um it was a fun game and i think they're going to be fun to use but i don't think they're sort of going to be an all-conquering army which is so did you kind of get the
0: impression it's yeah. a um, it's a kind of a tada I've caught you out, but you won't fall for that again. Um, no sort of trick, or um, no.
3: Well, no, and it's like where the game is is can the Dacians push past because you've got troops everywhere all along the line. Yeah. Can you push yeah. past where the enemy are weak or aren't and get into the flank of their best troops yeah. quicker than their best troops can just go straight over what they're fighting? Yeah. So in the game I had actually, I had Roman legionaries um, against my um, elite mm-hmm. um and leg- legionaries chopped them up and they all yeah. just kind of disappeared. But in mm-hmm. other parts of the table, I'd managed to sort of like get medium foot into flanks and I rolled up the line, so I won because it's a big army; it takes a lot to take it down. So the Romans just clapped fast. faster. So would you so. would you
0: say you know that the Romans feel like Romans and Dacians feel like Dacians then?
3: I think the Romans um, use historical Roman tactics, um, so they feel very much like um, yeah. Romans and Dacians feel like, they feel like, or the You've media the army styles,
0: yeah.
3: does feel like a huge army of screaming buggers that rush forward quite quickly,
0: um, okay. which is fun. Yeah, and, that, and you think, you notice that was sort of almost more so than in um, in the previous version, just because you get more of the buggers. These days, now well, I'm,
3: I'm, I I noticed it for two reasons. Firstly, you get more of the bankers, and secondly, I never used the army in the previous version, so right.
0: Okay, so it's a different sort of feel then. Fantastic. Okay, then. Well, look. In case I've I've, I've not missed anyone else, have I? There's not anybody else lurking here. Tamson, you've managed to uh, squeeze in okay. any games? Not this, not this couple of weeks. I've got,
4: to, I've got a couple of games booked over the next few weeks, but okay. I cool.
0: any yet. Right, so we'll, we'll, we would no doubt see you down the club then. Um, so I think that that wraps up the. Um, What have you played and and what's that kind of vibe on on V3 at the moment? That's pretty cool. Good. Or even V four. Or V four, yes, minor (laughs) detail. V four. Yes. Time is moving on. And time does carry on moving on as we um as we inevitably hit French techno time. (laughs) Monsieur Andy, come on va? come on about the cuisine or le cuisine or something wherever you are sat at the moment. Um, can you can you first start by reminding us what happened two weeks ago? Because I think we've all yeah, been well, out in the sun since then.
2: Yes, well, two weeks ago it was all about Italian metal after the oh, Eurovision. It was yes
0: happened. yes Eurovision was topical two weeks ago.
2: It was that's right yeah. Yep. So the first question was about the first warship ever to be sunk by guided missile was a World War Two Italian battleship attacked by the Luftwaffe. And what was its name? Was it the Roma?
4: Yes. Yeah, but well, actually it was the first Italian warship sunk by a guided missile. HMS Grits was sunk by a guided missile about two weeks before.
0: Ah, see, right, I stand corrected, thank you. Okay, well, if only we'd known that, we could have won the Eurovision Song Contest. My God,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No point for me by the sound
2: of it, right? Yeah. Question two. When the Italian Army entered World War II in June 1940, its most numerous armored vehicle was the L3 tank. What was the main armament of this tank?
4: Is that the L333 or the L335? bambooo. It was machine guns, but it's, yeah, I,
0: I, would have, I would have thought, you know, looking at those tankettes, I would have thought its main armament was a sense of disbelief that people could actually fit inside <laughs> it, really unless they did they actually hire really teeny tiny people or is it just a weird thing about 15 mil scale tanks just not looking right
4: uh, the Romans i just but every country's tankers tend to be on the short side well, well like is, then, no?
0: i remember
3: when we did spanish civil war what yeah. was going on about because we got some italian of these like t- teeny yeah. tiny tanks out and someone was saying oh they've got to be 10 mil tanks they can't be yeah. 15 mil, they, they, can't they really,
0: really <laughs> yeah. are that yeah dinky." yeah so, know that's yeah. People must have been in them kind of like lying down, like those people riding those funny cycles that always get world records for for you know keeping going from. Yeah. That so they
2: were armed with two eight millimeter machine guns, in no, other words,
4: less uh, firepower uh, than 30 a fighter 5, airplane. Yeah. 33 was a single six and a half mil. Um, well the L3. Well of course you'd two, have six and a half,
0: wouldn't you? Yes. Why would you go for anything sensible? Yes. Yeah. I've been and um, the third one was yeah. the
2: Roman Navy developed a device called a Corvus. A rotating boarding bridge with a iron spike to affix it to an enemy's ship's deck, which mm. they fitted to their warships in the first Punic War. Notwithstanding its effectiveness, what caused the Romans to scrap the use of the corvus?
4: They, they sank. capsized. They, sank. they capsized in sort of choppy water. Yeah, the yeah There time, was a massive uh, storm, and about three hundred of them sank. Yeah, three hundred of them. Oh,
6: effective
2: dear. in the first war. Mm. Yeah, they, they actually lost about ten thousand men in this in this storm. And um, God. after that, they thought yeah. We'd better not. Right. So the
6: Germans had no navy, and when they captured a Carthaginian ship, they dismantled it and found the Carthaginians put it together like an airfix kit. It had little numbers on it, how to put the ship together. Oh, right. Not with the not with that special glue. No. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it was all welded together. It was made out of plastic. So, I think you know, talking plastic, that brings us close to. Um, I think the Belgian pop star, Plastic Bertrand, which brings us yet again to a moment of French techno. So Andy, you're back with some new questions after that um, that French incident. Um, what 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 thing theme which will not be topical in two weeks from now are we going to pretend is topical now and um and use as a theme for this week's quiz well last weekend was d-day so this is all about um, amphibious invasions that's good that means it's already not topical by the time we record this and well, put you it out. Do by the doing time we get the answers see how people, people will have completely forgotten it, about right. it. good yeah that's all right. good that's that's a good standard
2: right okay right in the 1880s what did mm-hmm. German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck say he would do if the British invaded the German coast of Heligoland? Right. Hey. <laughs> right. Yep. Question two, what natural phenomenon made the amphibious landings at Incheon in Korea in 1950 particularly hazardous?
0: Right, okay. Something
2: and question with... three, yep. which country was invaded by accident by a royal marine amphibious force in the year 2002.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, that's another tasty one. Well look, you know, that's um that's got us a range of um of fascinating and interesting questions. So we will all look forward with bated breath to um to returning in 2 weeks. But meanwhile, let's roll the Le techno. <laughs> So we're into the final home straight then now, and um, it's just time for a quick wrap up of, of what you got coming in the next two weeks um, before we, we reconvene on, on the eve. Um, possibly we'll be, we will be after Liberation Day or whatever it's called um, in two weeks' time, 9th plus 14. We will be after the 21st, won't we? We will know what's happening, whether we're allowed out or not. Um, but let's just go around and say what's, what's on the decks for painting, buying, playing. In the next couple of weeks and dave let's start with you what, what what have you got lined up another thousand games
6: um i'm i'm not doing any painting but i think um i think i'm considering doing a youtube masterclass on how to deal with kink lines
0: right yes no that'd be good that would be popular yeah if you need someone to come and um shout at you and punch you in the face i'll um you know, just to, to do the action sequences i'll be i'll be happy to to cycle up and um and join in on that one um right. but other than other than that what's your um what's your plan just really? more gaming? Are you going to keep, keep I, with I, using I, I, the York Army or try some different stuff?
6: I'm, 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 I, you know what? After a year of doing bloody nothing work-wise, I've got so much work on I'm going to do nothing but work for it until okay. we go to York. Uh, we go York. to York.
0: Excellent. Good. i really
6: well. looking forward to York. York's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so good pushing toy soldiers around, seeing yeah. people drinking lots of beer in York, yep. getting shit-faced, and... Showing up for Monday morning back at
0: work looking rubbish. Yeah, with your trophy, no doubt. Um, uh, so, Adam, what? what <laughs> maybe, Adam. What about you? Are you getting more big, big Dacian action out in the next couple of weeks, or are you going to be um, some of the Lord of the Rings fanatic? You're going to read the books.
3: Uh, I, I reread them on a semi-regular basis, but um, I've got um, I've got a game on tomorrow, which, um, okay. which I'm looking forward to, um, and I'm going to try and get one game a weekend if I can. But um, I'm also I seem to be spending most of my time driving my children around most of southern England to go to various cricket matches they're playing in, which um, mm-hmm. which is somewhat time consuming. So um, yeah. as the summer goes on, I think um, painting and playing toy soldiers gonna to be taking a bit of a background, but um, I've, all, I've also got to give serious thought about um, the competition in Bournemouth and sort of like sorting out mm-hmm. who's doing what, and the, so I should be emailing people in the next few days about that.
0: Okay, good. Well, it'd be it'd be good to know about that thing because I think we've all entered probably or, or did something like that. Um, Tamsin, what about you? Are you um, is it is this kind of kitchen based, garden based, um, you know, food based plans for the next few weeks or anything? More blender. More blender. Uh,
4: probably not blending. Oh. Right. Oh. Maybe Ooh. some more. <laughs> I've blended a lot of foam.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> Yes, oh, I blended you know, a lot so of don't,
4: So I'm, I might do some more, exper- a few more experiments, getting with with the clump foliage, but I mostly it's going to be working on the uh, on the jungle terrain.
0: Okay. So you'll be um. Next time so we see get, you should, on,
4: on. So I should have test pieces done in the next cup next few days, and see how how they work. I got, got various with bits. bits of MD- MDF coming in,
0: hmm.
4: sort of basic. You're like
2: not writing a book there. on terrain recipes, are you? Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're
6: How's not going to have to
0: coffee cook coffee one up machine? in the microwave, are you? Um, a
6: thousand and one uses of a coffee machine in wargaming.
0: Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> no, that would grind it too fine.
6: Oh.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> what was there a joke there? Did I? Uh, have it, it. No? Okay, um, all right, Peter, what, what about you? Are you going to buy something, play something? Or- um, I'm going to try and play some games. I think I might mm. have to book some time off, but um,
1: mm. I, I fancy getting in and trying some games. I've got some stuff to paint up um, when I break out some time because I, I've cleaned off some metal for filling off some Persians um, oh, and Christ. some more bathrooms uh, and a couple others. So... Um, you know, various sort of like blues and golds and things, so there's a couple of ones I want to get to and paint up and sort out. It's just car- need to carve out some time,
0: okay. Um, Simon, what, what about you? Are you still working through Renaissance and um, and trying to port that over, or are you, you going to manage to fit in some games? Or
5: I've got a game this week which I'm looking forward to, so I'm um, playing Mr. Dave Allen. It's, I think we're think the first time in two years we've had a game. Wow. Uh, so that'll be good fun. And on, um, on the painting table, I seem to have received a very large uh, shipment from Oh, indeed, from, yes. From that's Clive. True. So um, yep. I said I wouldn't do it, but then mm. some were found. And so I'm now looking at possibly doing some 25 mil ADLG renaissance because um, he had some great figures there. Yeah, yeah. And um, I picked up a whole bunch of Seven Years' War random guys, some, some were allegedly Swedes, a whole bunch of guys with tricorns in more 15 mil rather than, than my
0: Lancashire 15. Ah, is that, is, that, like Dix- of is that Dixon army? Um,
5: Dixon army, so I'm gonna to try to um, paint them up very Swedish with yeah, yellow um, uniforms and lots of Swedish heavy metal banner, uh, band banners and things like that. Just have a bit of
0: fun. Okay, um, all right, Andy, what What about you? What's your, are you gonna do another couple of 10 mil figures? Um, next fortnight? Um, I'm actually thinking of doing the um,
2: 50 mil Janissary so I bought from the museum and the uh, City Rabble to sort of, um, and that, once I've done that, I'll have a complete Janiss, um, Ottoman uh, Renaissance army. So that, once i finish this temple thing, which is going quite well at the moment, then that would be my next project. I'm not sure how far I'll get within the next couple of weeks, but I've got the figures out. So that's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I've got Maybe more any... enthusiasm for painting that than uh, 10 mil World War II figures because i yeah. kind of got to the end of all the useful bits and my other figures left over. And I thought, can I be asked to paint these? And it was more of yeah. a chore. So by just yeah. chucking them chucking them away to one side, it kind of freed me up psychologically. And okay. um, that's it. Got a couple of games. I've got games every Monday. I've been playing um, Tamsin in two weeks' time uh, and I'm playing other people on other Mondays, trying to get a bit of practice in with an idea of, how to configure my station army for Bournemouth.
0: Um, one, two other bits and that's it basically. Okay. All right. Well, I think um, I, I, my plan is to kind of start coming down the club. I think it will be, no, is it this Thursday? I think, um, which possibly tomorrow. I think I'm then two weeks after vaccine two, which is kind of the, the line I've kind of gone to say, yeah, sorry, let's start doing stuff again. And um, so we've got to book up a load of games and start planning to come down the club. Um, I have put a whole enormous say 50 plus things on eBay at the moment, so if you're interested in um, particularly flames of war, um, a few ancient things or um, dystopian wars, if you've got any idea what that is, um, <laughs> please don't read my descriptions and look for the Lithuanian, the underscore Lithuanian as a seller on eBay, because there's a load of Clive stuff there, I'm going to leave that to to filter through and sell because um, my gaming room is full of um taped up boxes um and and packaging tape so that that's got to clear out a bit and i'm i'm doing a bit of rebasing i've got to put some matte varnish on things and i've got to get some spaniards undercoated as well 15 mil spaniards to start the next sort of mini little project um which should be fun and um but yeah definitely get some games and i just want to try not just practicing for um for york i want to try getting some very different armies and it's just maybe there's even a job of working out what armies i've redone and created during lockdown and never really got out and just have a list of which ones i want to rock up with which um <laughs> which i think sadly might actually have the acclaimed persians fairly high at the top both early and late versions but <laughs> but i won't admit that and um and i think yeah possibly you know maybe we're out of time and i should um should cut this podcast short just before i actually cough that one up so Look, once again um thank you everybody for for being here thank you for listening those those of you who've managed to survive it um another reasonable length episode we've not gone too mad and we've covered some interesting stuff this week so this one probably i think comes out on a saturday as i, I think i'm gonna struggle to get it done on on thursday friday and, and edited and out. but um see you all in in a fortnight's time thank you for listening goodbye everybody
6: bye, bye. 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 bye.
1: I thought that one was a good one though tim doing the uh, versions
0: but we've got you know even if it's not we've got to bang one in because people think that they're funnier than they are um i had to <laughs> i had two people contact me about those match reports i banged out this week that were all a bit like oh, i can't be fucking asked i can't know what's happening and both of them pointed out things in it that they thought i'd done deliberately they thought were really funny that were just I didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, oh, that's odd. Um, So, I'm I'm, not... Were they your Tommy Cooper moment? It was all sorts. It could have been anything. Um, No, I think he did deliberately. This means war.